Hi, I'm Marriott Hartley, and I am going to be on next on On Screen and Beyond with Brian Zemrak, and I'm looking forward to sharing a half hour with you. So please listen. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 211 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is your weekly look into what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This is the show that brings you the stories right from the celebrities themselves. And this week, we will take a look at what's coming your way as far as releases in theaters and on DVD in May, and in our interview segment, we have a great guest coming your way. Marriott Hartley is going to be joining us. Marriott, of course, some of you may remember her from back when she was on Peyton Place and an amazing episode of Star Trek that everybody remembers. And The Incredible Hulk, where she won an Emmy. And Goodnight Beantown with Bill Bixby. And uh, just on and on. And most recently, she's been on Law & Order SUV and Grey's Anatomy and all sorts of stuff. So uh, she's going to be coming up in just a few minutes. So I hope you're going to stick around for that. And let's see, why don't we get right into Remake Madness coming your way in May. What's going to be coming your way as far as remakes? We're going to check it out next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness in May. Well, May 4th, the Avengers make their way from animated movie to uh, live action film as the Hulk and the rest set out to save the world. On May 11th, the classic 60s gothic TV soap opera Dark Shadows becomes a comedy. And it comes to the big screen again as Johnny Depp this time stars as Barnabas Collins. On May 18th, Battleship is remade from a game to a movie. That is it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as upcoming new movies next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming new movies coming your way in May. Well, on May 4th, you can check out Kate Hudson, Whoopi Goldberg, and Kathy Bates as they star in a love story called A Little Bit of Heaven. Also on May 4th, check out Kathleen Turner and Jason Ritter as they star in The Perfect Family. LOL stars Miley Cyrus and Demi Moore as a daughter and overprotective mother in a coming-of-age film. And Eva Mendez and Matthew Modine will head the cast of Girl in Progress on May 11th. The Dictator with Sasha Baron Cohen will ride into theaters on May 16th. May 18th, you can look for Jennifer Lopez as she returns to the big screen in What to Expect When You're Expecting. And Bruce Willis, Ed Norton, and Bill Murray will lead the way in Moonrise Kingdom on May 25th. That is it for upcoming new movies on On Screen and Beyond coming your way in May. Next, we're going to take a peek at what's coming away as far as sequels in May. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, not too many in May. It's not starting the big rush yet for the summer, but on May 25th, you can catch... The Men in Black, as they come back in Men in Black 3 with Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, and this time, Josh Brolin joins them. 
That is it for Sequel City coming your way in May. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a peek at what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. TV on DVD coming your way in May. Well, May 1st, Covert Affairs Season 2, Felicity Season 1, and Felicity Season 2 will be coming your way. Kojak Season 4, and Who Do You Think You Are Season 2. May 8th, Look for Chuck Season 5, Fantasy Island Season 2, Vegas Season 3, Volume 1. And on May 15th, Hazel Season 3 comes your way. May 22nd, The River, Season 1, will head your way along with Route 66, The Complete Series, and SWAT, the final season. May 29th, Drop Dead Diva 3, uh, Drop Dead Diva Season 3, rather. Drop Dead Diva Season 3. Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp, Complete Special Collector's Edition will be heading your way. And Maverick Season 1, Rookie Blue Season 2, and True Blood Season 4. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as movies on DVD? We got it right here. Movies coming your way in May on DVD. Well, May 1st, Joyful Noise with Queen Latifah and Dolly Parton. And New Year's Eve with Holly Berry. May 8th, Underworld Awakening with Kate Beckinsale. And The Vow with Rachel Adams. May 15th, Albert Nobbs with Glenn Close. Chronicle will be coming your way, the, evil, uh, the Devil Inside, and The Grey with Liam Neeson, and Rampart with Woody Harrelson also will be coming your way on May 15th, May 22nd, Red Tails with Terrence Howard, The Secret World of Arietti, and The Woman in Black with Daniel Radcliffe, and on May 29th, you can look for Man on a Ledge with Sam Worthington, and The Strange Love of Martha Ivers with Barbara Stanwyck. That is it for Movies on DVD coming your way in May. Next on On Screen to Beyond, we have the honor of having Marriott Hartley join us. Marriott's going to be talking about her career, her shows that she's been on, on the stage, on TV and movies and all sorts of stuff. And that's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is an Emmy-winning actress who we have watched over the years on shows such as Peyton Place, Star Trek, The Incredible Hulk, Goodnight Beantown, and MASH. Recently, she has guest starred on Law & Order SUV, Grey's Anatomy, Dirt, and Big Love. And she's the host of Wild About Animals. It's Mariette Hartley. Mariette, it is such a pleasure to have you here on On Screen and Beyond. Oh, thank you. It's wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to be in the beyond part, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> well, you cover everything. You cover the screen and beyond and <laughs> so much more. <laughs> in, in fact, you've done, you've done stage, you've done movies, you've done TV, you've written books. Uh, as far as all of those things that you've done, 
is there any one that that is closer to your heart than the others? Yes, um, I I def well. I, I certainly, I, I love to write, and I journal uh, as often as I can, pretty much every day if I can. But my uh, my favorite uh, is uh, stage. It, it just is. I, I was kind of born and raised on the stage. I started when I was 10, and uh, it's, it's, my, it's my love, you know. Um, now, of course, besides my family and stuff like that. Right. But I, yeah. I, it just, it is, it was what literally saved my soul as a young child and gave me uh, a huge creative life and actually became my 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 spiritual base i mean uh theater was my church uh uh-huh. and shakespeare was was my bible so <laughs> uh, it uh yes it's definitely definitely my my baseline was stage as a matter of fact i just came back from uh, opening um, a theater, a new theater in the round at the Cleveland Playhouse. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it was thrilling, and it was a new um, new play, um, and uh, I loved it because it. Um, I had worked with a woman when I was uh, fourteen. I worked with a wonderful actress, producer, director, um, just all time brilliant person named Eva Legallion. And uh, she worked with Uta Hagen, and she's worked with some wonderful, wonderful people. Um, and one of the characters in this particular play, it was a play about uh, Lynn Fontan and Alfred Lunt. And uh, Uta Hagen uh, up, up appears. And uh, so I felt as though I had very much gone back to my roots by, uh, well, I was playing Alfred Lunt's mother. Um, so it just felt very, I felt very much at home doing yeah that period you know that mm-hmm. uh, that lady in that period yeah so was it in the style of shakespeare no it was but it was very stylish i mean mm-hmm. they they worked very very hard together actually one of the fun scenes uh is the two of them going over and over and over and over their lines mm-hmm. and they do it faster and of course the direction in the in the, in the script is that they do it faster and faster and faster and faster and it's 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 kind of like the the flight of the bumblebee and and, and it's kind of fun mm-hmm. um and it they're all working on we are all working on i'm not i'm just observing uh because i live it, it, the the play was called ten chimney is called ten chimneys and mm-hmm. it was alfred luntz and still is his uh his house He's he's no longer with us, but his house is definitely with us and is used as a foundation for actors and for teaching. And uh, it's it's a glorious glorious place in Wisconsin. And um, what he would do is he and Lynn would decide to do a play, and then they would bring all of the actors to Ten Chimneys to rehearse. So this particular play was the Seagull. So every scene basically had something to do with Chekhov's The Seagull, and uh, it's it's a very smart play, very intelligent, very funny, and uh, yeah, yeah. So I I love doing it, and, uh, and that was just a couple of months ago. So yeah. Now you you mentioned that uh, you were ten years old when you started. Was that your first acting thing, or did you do stuff before that? You know, like in school or something? Or well, um. No, well, I did uh, actually. There was a wonderful guy in our community that was in advertising with my dad, who was in advertising, 
and uh, you know they were kind of the original madmen. Um, this is when this is like the the 40s and the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, his name was Ellis Meyer. I remember him vividly, and he had a, a little guest house, a guest studio in his house, and he used to build marionettes. And um, I I became his kind of star pupil, and we built marionettes and and then um, performed things like The Wizard of Oz and stuff like that. And, of course, I had to memorize because now I was like eight or nine, and I had to memorize the parts because you couldn't, you couldn't work the marionettes and hold a script. Right. <laughs> uh, so I was lucky enough to play Dorothy and unlucky enough to play Dorothy because it was a very large part. Uh, but in those days, it didn't matter. I mean, we just, we just loved doing it. And uh, so that was really actually my beginning. And, of course, with friends, you, you sit around and you play the three witches in, in the Scottish play and have a wonderful time doing that on Halloween. You know, I mean, I was, mm-hmm. oh, there was always in our house, there was always something kind of magical that way that was going on. So, but, but my real acting did begin at a little place called the Silver Nutmeg Theater. Uh, and I saw a production of Jack and the Beanstalk, I remember, with my mother, our poor mother. Oh, my God. She had to drive me, you know, 14 <laughs> miles, three days a week. And that, that's a lot in the little uh, pathways in, in Connecticut in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw, I saw Jack and the Beanstalk. They were kids my own age. The sets were glorious. The, the costumes were glorious. And I said, oh, my gosh, I have to do this. And she said, oh, God. And uh, and I did it, and she did it. Bless her heart, she did it with me. She was very supportive that way. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, we did four full-fledged productions a year, and the f- my first Shakespeare was when I was 12. And I was as tall as I am now. I'm five, eight, and three quarters. So I was as tall as I am now when I was 12. So needless to say, I played a lot of men and a lot of kings and, you know, people like that until I rebelled, and then I got to play witches. So, um, yeah, it was a mixed bag, but at least, I, at least I got to get up there and live an extraordinary fantasy life a lot, and, uh, which ultimately didn't help me much, but it was, it was great at the time. It really was. And did you know at that point that this is what you wanted to do the rest oh, yeah. of your life? Oh, there was no question. Yeah. Oh, it's like falling in love for the first time. You know, you just know that that person is going to be it for the for your whole life. And mm-hmm. and I, yes, absolutely. And I worked every day. You know, it was right next to my school and then ultimately my high school. And I, I just, I, I would walk across the street and I was there and we worked and rehearsed all the time and then performed and we actually went around um we were doing a little women and this is a wonderful story and we we did a little tour around connecticut and around the schools in connecticut and i played joe and um much 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 later um i saw a production of uh, a play that a friend of mine had written and went backstage and there was linda hunt and I gave her a big hug because I love her. Of course, she came up to my knees, and uh, she said, "Oh my God, it's because of you that I'm acting." And I said, "What?" You know, I mean, this woman was so far beyond me as far as her career was concerned. I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "I saw the production of Little Women. You came to my school. Can you believe that?" Hmm. And she said, "The minute you cut your hair, which is one of the parts in, in 
that Joe, you know, Joe does, she said, I knew that's what I wanted to do more than anything in the world. And, of course, uh, look at the look at what she did. Mm-hmm. You know, we just actually recently saw that movie where she played the boy. Um, uh, what was it? Most, not Most Dangerous Game, but uh, something, the one with Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's uh, that's exciting, and of course, uh, you never know whose lives you touch, yeah. you know, ever. Yeah. Uh, so yes, the answer, the short answer is yes. <laughs> so uh, what what made you go toward uh, TV or movie? Was TV or movies first for you after after the stage? Well, uh, I was with a very powerful agency at the time, and um, I didn't want to come out to Los Angeles at all. I hated it. When I, you know, first came here, I, I got my first uh, jaywalking ticket for, you know, at eight thirty in the morning. And I thought, what kind of a place is this? So um, I know it's so, it's so different than than on the East Coast. <laughs> oh my God, it's awful! I mean, you can run across the street, and you know, and it doesn't matter when. And yeah. it doesn't. And uh, oh, I hated it. I just hated it. And I didn't like the place. And I, I was not a television baby. You know, we didn't really have television until much later than anybody else. And, uh, so, and I was not that much of a movie watcher. We only had one theater, you know, which was uh, quite quite a ways away. Uh, so I'd seen, I think, probably two movies, um, and I was twenty or twenty one wow. when I when I got out here. And uh, anyway, long story short, um, my. Um, very, very good agent. I've never had a better agent. Uh, met me, uh, and we had lunch together. And uh, I, he introduced me to Sam Peck and Paul, uh, and I did uh, a screen test for him. And uh, the first movie, first thing on screen that I ever did was just a classic, fabulous movie called Ride the High Country with Jill McRae and Randolph Scott. And it's shown all the time now on TCM, and, you know, I should have stopped then. But from from there, I went to the television. I did um, my first television show was A Gunsmoke, which was a brilliant uh, gunsmoke written by Kathleen Height, who I hear now on classic radio all the time. It's uh, it's so much fun. I have, I have a satellite radio in my car, mm-hmm. my new car. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> So I listened to all these old westerns and all these old classic radio shows, which is, I just, I just love radio. And uh, I heard her announced as having been the writer in one of these old gun smokes. And, and uh, it, it's exciting to have those things come back to you. Yeah, sure. Um, so then I went to television. And, uh, I mean, I, I was under contract to Metro for seven years. At least I was the last contract player, along with... Oh God, who was it? Paul Apprentice and um, okay, yeah. yeah, and James and Jim, Jimmy. Um, oh, just a bunch of us. Yeah, and then of course that disappeared after about a year or two. And uh, are you sorry that it went? That they stopped doing that type of uh, well, studio? Well, it would have been useful for me because um, you got paid. You know, a, a, well, a decent amount, I guess, weekly, I guess, and. Uh, and you were guaranteed a certain amount of films a year. Um, unfortunately, the one film that I was going to do with Dolores Hart and Carl Malden and, you know, that whole group, wow. yeah. um, uh, I wasn't able to do because the 
studio doctor who was insane, by the way, this is a true story, uh, claimed that I was ill and couldn't do the film, hmm. so I didn't do it. It was called Come Fly With Me. Um, so I then had to do something else on the lot. It, so there, there were, it was a mixed bag, but um, it would have been it would have been nice to have a studio behind me. I I think it, yeah. it probably would have done me some good. As it was, I became a freelance actor at a very early age, and uh, thank God I had a good agency, and I went from television show to television show to television show. And in those days. Those, those weekly television shows were fabulous. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were written yes. by wonderful writers. They were directed by, you know, people like Sean Penn's dad, Leo Penn. Um, uh, you know, there were some, I mean, and all kinds of fabulous actors did these kind of anthology television shows. Right. You know, Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman, for God's sake. I mean, there was really a good group of guys and women, young women. So and I was so I was very very lucky. I, I hardly ever stopped working. Um, and uh, I mean, if you look on my IMDb, you know, it just kind of spits out five. Right, uh, I, I'm looking at it right now, and yeah, and, five and, pages. Of, yeah, I mean, yeah. the Virginian and yeah, four. Uh, I did four Virginians. I did four Bonanzas. Four Gunsmokes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Twilight Zone, of course, and My Three Sons. Yeah, I did a double parter. I, I, I played with Fred McMurray. I played his love interest. I was of an age where I could play and, and tall enough, and had a certain weight to me. I mean, theatrical weight, that I was. I could kind of cross over and make people believe that I was older than I was. Well, so I was going to say. Yeah, Fred McMurray, this, I mean, that was quite a different range there in age, wasn't there? Yeah, but it's the same thing as it is today. Yeah. Guys that age love to play, pardon the expression, play with younger women <laughs> and uh, makes them feel younger. And uh, I don't think it makes them look younger, but it apparently it does. So, um, yeah, so, and I was able to work with people like Robert Taylor, for God's sake, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, Jimmy Arness, whom I adored. Wow. Um, oh, God, I loved that guy. And he was one of the funniest men alive. You would never know it. Really? Well, he and Peter Gray, I mean, when when Peter finally did Airplane, what? True, Airplane, yes, yeah, he was funny. <laughs> oh, my God, was he funny or was he funny? Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, and um, so I was I was incredibly lucky. I, 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 I worked with some... Wonderful. I worked with Mary Astor, for heaven's sake. She and I did Dr. Kildare together. Dr. Kildare, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, with Dick, you know, Chamberlain. and. Um, now, you were on Peyton Place, too, right? Yeah, that was odd. Um, I did, like, 34 episodes mm-hmm. of that and played uh, Claire Morton, the Frigid Doctor, and I was... I, I I worked with Leslie Nielsen and then ultimately Leslie Nielsen's twin brother. And actually in my book, I have a very, very funny chapter about Peyton Place and the dialogue that I had to say, which was basically um, exposition. So if someone would stop me in the hall, I'd say, oh, you're, or they would say, you're Dr. Morton. And I'd say, yes, and, and you're, they'd introduce themselves. And I'd say, oh, yes, I remember you were married to so-and-so who then had your illegitimate child. And then, um, and then she died. And then you had, then you had two, two, you know, so I would, I would stand in the hallway and for an entire page 
of monologue. <laughs> I would bring an audience up to date on who these people were, you know. So soap operas, nighttime oh, soap oh, opera. Oh, 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 But listen, so popular that oh, yes. I know people that literally, if they had class that night or did something, would put a tape recorder in front of the television set. Now, what I'm saying, I'm not talking the kind of tape recorder that you have. I'm talking the double-headed tape recorder. The reel-to-reel. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, that was an, an astonishing thing. As I look back on it now, I would love to have 34 episodes on a, te- on a, a series. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, now, what but about, it was very, very different then. Television was very different Right, then. yeah. Um, now, what about Marnie? You were in Marnie, too. Yeah. 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 I love Tippy. Yeah, Tippy yeah, Tippi was a guest on our show, so... Um, we yeah, I read Marnie. that. Yeah, no, she she was quite amazing. I was doing a play when I was doing Marnie. I was doing, um, um, oh God, uh, Con Melody. What was it? What was not Long Day's Journey? But I was doing I was doing one of those um, O'Neill plays, and she came to see me. Bless her heart. I was doing it at the Pasadena Playhouse, and she came to see me. And you know, I thought of her as a big movie star, and. Um, but so extraordinarily supportive, and I was I was very touched, very moved by that. Yeah, very nice woman. Oh my God, yes. I got to ask you about this, and I don't know how often people come up to you, but Star Trek, you were in one episode, right? But so many people remember that episode. Do you yeah. do people come up to you a lot and and mention that? Guys mostly. Really? <laughs> yeah, women don't care much about it. Uh, yeah, I just wish that she could have shown up in one of the uh, movies because I thought she was just an iconic character. Right, and it's, it's a character you remember. Absolutely, and um, I think there was actually a, mo- a um, paperback that was written called uh, "Son," either "Son of Zarabeth" or "Son of All Our Yesterdays" or whatever it, it was, and I think it would make a wonderful book and you know science fiction book the the continuing of the of of the strain but um yeah that was a very very interesting uh experience and um now when uh, you did that show did you kind of wonder you know because i mean that was the really the beginning of the sci-fi on tv more or less right yeah and i was never a big sci-fi person I, mm-hmm. i'm still not that much except that i love except that my son is named after paul atrids and uh, dune ah. but um you know, i i'm some of them i love some of them i love but uh, when i was going through the experience i sensed that it was something kind of special mm-hmm. uh it's still my preferred star trek experience i've seen a couple of the movies but what i loved about that original Star Trek was, you really could see the uh, rocks bouncing off the cave walls, you know, I mean, you know, those silly things that would glom onto the walls, you could see that they weren't going to stay very long. You know, though, I I found it so kind of homespun Mm -hmm. that I I could put my mind around it. Some of the other stuff is beyond me, and, and it's it's kind of hard to um, to identify. But uh, and I thought that uh, you know Leonard was quite extraordinary, as it was the whole cast. Now that um, on that show, you actually kissed Spock, right? Mm, 
and, and that was the first time that he had ever done that, right? Supposedly, yeah, although I think he likes redheads, because I think there was a, a another, a Jill, what was her name, the, the lovely gal that, that married um, kind of nasty cowboy, um, Oh, who was it? Anyway, she, she, I think she was one of his, his girls or his loves or something. But no, I mean, Zarabeth was, was really, I mean, that was an almost full on commitment. And I, yeah, I mean, I think they, I think they went to bed together. It was, I mean, I think that was the implication, Hmm, which is, um, yeah, not, not, uh, (laughs) TV back then had, they were a little more (laughs) discreet. Oh my God! I I don't know what what goes. I, you know, I watch things like the Borgias now and and um, oh God, Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones, yeah. yeah. And I, I love the mythology of it. I love I love parts of it. But boy, I tell you, how do you do television now without getting complete? You know, as my as my husband would say when he does a takeoff on Archie Bunker, without this uh, pre pre frontal nudity stuff, you yeah. know. <laughs> I, I, it just, it, it's like, it's semi-porn. Right, yeah, stuff. it is, yeah. And that's not what I come from. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. And how do you, how do you get cast in some, that kind of thing? I mean, the, um, I just, it's not me, so. Yeah, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, what about you? You worked with Gene Roddenberry then, and you also worked on Genesis Two with him, right? Now, did, was that a coincidence? Or no, no, did... no, no, no. He took it very seriously. He called me in. Um, I think he liked me, and um, he, I think he liked the episode that I had done. And he saw that I was tall, but and of course, um, that character in Genesis uh, had to be had to be an Amazon. She was basically an Amazon, so. I really, I had to audition for him, and I, I went in with very, very tall shoes and um, got the part. I was grateful to get it, and um, it was kind of fun to do. Hmm. And, yeah, but, uh, no, he, he takes that stuff very, very seriously. Yeah, yeah. And the casting is very serious. Now, the, you, you also uh, won an Emmy. For the Incredible Hulk, correct? I, who can say that? Who who else? Who else in my lifetime could ever have said that? I, you know, it's you go to bed with Bill Bixby and you wake up with Lou Ferrigno and you get an Emmy for. I mean, you know, I can't. I still to this day uh, uh, pinch myself. But um, yeah, and then you take a, a tissue sample from from the Hulk and uh, yeah. I mean, but the actual without making too much fun of it. Um, uh, it was an ex- incredible, oppor- incredible uh, <laughs> opportunity, and I know other actresses had been asked to, or you know, had been reading it, reading the script, mm-hmm. and, all, and I, thank God, had an absolutely wonderful manager. 
actually I know one of the women that decided that turned it down that said no no I'm not I'm not doing this this is ridiculous and um, um, I I was very lucky and she said you're going to do this part and not only are you going to do this part but you are going to win an Emmy for it and I said you're kidding me I I I was stunned and when it happened um, first of all, it was it was a pretty um, pretty amazing script, and Bill it was a glorious guy to work with. I just adored working with him. He's very very he was very very special. He was a dear friend, and unfortunately, my son was his son's best friend, and you know it was yeah. a pretty devastating time. I'm sure, but. Um, uh, uh, so what was wonderful about that is that it led also to Goodnight Bean Town, which I adored yes. doing. I yeah. just adored doing. And my husband has, you know, has watched a couple of episodes with me because I don't think he saw it much. We're, we're, I'm fairly newly married. We've been married for about five years. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he just loves it. It's, it was so fast and so smart. And as a matter of fact, I just saw um, Tracy... I saw my the one the girl that played my daughter. I just saw her at the Prism Awards the other night. Oh, really? Tracy Gold, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but the the lovely thing is, if it works, it it takes you to another place with these people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's so nice about yeah. the business. Yeah. People are loyal to you, you know. Yeah, because it's so unusual that somebody wins an Emmy for you know a fantasy uh, show like The Incredible Hulk, but that shows. The, the ability of your acting, really. I mean, that you, you were able to do that. To get, oh, well, to get thank it. you. Thank you. Another person that you worked with on his show and in a commercial. Now, a commercial? <laughs> I did seven years of commercials with that man. It's, that, there, there's probably only a handful of commercials that I can think back, besides ones with slogans, because you can always remember slogans, sure. but of people that are in it and... Uh, the two of you, you and James Garner, oh. in the Polaroid commercials. Did you ever get tired of people talking to you about this? <laughs> uh, well, it, it was kind of fun because, I mean, we even had cartoons written about us, you know, two people <laughs> sitting on a couch and looking, you know, at the television and, you know, saying, I think they're married. You know, I really think they're married. Um I mean, it got to be quite wonderful, and I took full advantage of it. I had a terrific publicist who said, you know what, because I had done it, I had literally done the, uh, you know, the the, the T-shirt mm-hmm. uh, for my daughter, which was a gag. She was a baby, and I had this T-shirt painted for her uh, at the Universal lot when, when um, uh, Jimmy and I were working together, and I was going to leave it on his Winnebago a wagon, you know, steps, mm-hmm. and I was going to put her in this little cradle, this little basket, and it was going to say, um, you know, I'm I'm James Garner's baby, um, and uh, I actually I did it, but the day that I brought the, it, she, he wasn't there, so we, you know, I had to do it differently, but he loved it, and I then did one for myself that said, no, I'm not James Garner's wife, or not Mrs. James Garner, however it went. And then I had one for my son that said, my father's name is Patrick. And, uh, and then, of course, we had this huge People magazine spread 
which was great. And, you know, those are the great things that come out of, of creative publicity, you yeah. know, which, uh, but, I mean, but it, it was done out of, uh, out of fun. Right, and, yeah. you know, um, but the chemistry was, was yeah. just so, so much there that people believed and thought that you, you, you know, oh, they're married. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now did you work on his show before or after? No, no, no. It was, it was, it was after we had worked together in a commercial and, and I think it was his second year, the, uh, the first show of his second year. Mm-hmm. And, um, I loved doing it. I mean, I just loved working with him. It was so easy and comfortable, and and we we had so much the same kind of um, well, sensitivity to comedy, and um, and he was he was just a joy to work with. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't want to hold you up too much longer here. But, oh no, go ahead. No. <laughs> but um, most recently, or or very recently, you did uh, you do uh, Law and Order. Uh-huh. Is that uh, something that they contacted you for, or was it a thing you tried out? You know? No, I didn't. Oh, actually, actually, I did. I did audition. I was in New York, and I did audition for it, and I got it, and then it became a kind of running character, like once a year, twice a year, and um, Lorna scary, and, right. uh, yeah. you know, I would have loved to have done even more, but it all it all changed over and stuff like that, but I, I loved working on that show. I, mean, I can't I can't imagine the casting director sitting there and Marriott Hartley walks in. I uh, mean, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> no, it's very nice. It's very nice, but unfortunately, that's what we have to do now. Right, I mean, yeah. we just have to we have to kind of park our our history or bring our history internally into the room and then park whatever pride we have about wanting to say you know, don't, do you know who I am kind of thing? Right, yeah. Uh, I, oh, yeah. You know, it's Shelley, it's that great Shelley Winter story, you know, and she, she, she comes in with, I think it's her three Oscars or two Oscars, and <laughs> yes. he says, what have you done? And, and she says, uh, and she puts both Oscars on his, uh, on his desk and says, what have you done? Right. Um, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I, I get all of that, you know, it's, because, uh, you know, I mean, my Oscars were really my Cleos, and of Miami, I was very, very happy about. Right. But um, yeah. uh, I loved doing. I loved, just loved doing commercials, and uh, I loved doing it all. Right. But um, yeah, it was very. It's, it's. It, thank you for for the no brainer thing. That's very, very nice. I, I wish you were in those rooms sometimes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, with all the TV shows that you've been in, mm-hmm. is there any one that? You know, I mean, people can tell you, oh, you were great in this one, this was a great show and everything, but to you, is there anything that was the most, you know, one that you liked the best? Oh, I knew I had no favorites about that, because they're all so different, but right. when they used to, when they were doing Movies of the Week, um, I, I think my favorite of those was either Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, ah, uh, yeah. and I was up for an Emmy for that also, or... Silence of the Heart, and Silence of the Heart became a deeply important part of my life because it was about um, a young man who had taken his own life, and I was his mother, and it was pretty much the mother's story of how she, how did she know, did she know or did she not know this child, Mm -hmm. and a very, very important movie movie of the week, and from that point, I kicked off um, working with survivors 
and um, it's become a very important part of my life. I mean, that, I think that's what's been so wonderful about my career for me, is that uh, it generally, the thing, many of the things that I do generally take me to another place. Um, and uh, since that time, I started, you know, kind of a, an organization called the American Foundation for Suicide right, Prevention. I and I work, yeah, and I work with survivors, and it's 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 just such a such a gift um, to be able to do that and to be taken seriously you know even though I'm not a full-fledged therapist or I'm not but I am a survivor right. and people believe that I know the journey and mm -hmm. I can help them through the minefields of of surviving because it's a very very special kind of grieving and um, yeah. so I and that's why you know that's why I wrote my book and Breaking the silence, yes. Yeah, yeah. and um, because it, no one was no one was talking about that stuff in those days. Yeah. Is so. it, was it difficult to to delve into those things when you wrote the book? Um, well, luckily, I, I wrote it with my best friend, <laughs> who is who knows me very very well or knew me. She just passed away, um, and I, I'm all, I'm so comfortable with her that I put about seventy hours on tape and then. Uh, so did my ex-husband, and so did my mother. She was still alive, and um, it, I, I, I'm so therapeutically oriented uh, that I, to be able to put these things on paper was very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And um, but also, I mean, it, it also was a very funny book. You know, I mean, it. it I, my spiritual base is humor. There's no question, and. Um, uh, and I just actually reprinted it, um, and I mean, to me, it's an important book in that people need to know if they're going through this. As a matter of fact, I was just talking to a young woman who lost her brother a month ago, and I just all I could do was go up to her and just say, "You're not alone," and this is a very, very different kind of grieving, mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, you can call me anytime you want. Wow. Um, so. Uh, so I, I felt it was important to republish the book, and actually, people, if they're listening, can you know get it on uh, Amazon or uh, BarnesandNoble.com. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Well, we'll definitely put a link on our website so people can just click and go go to it because. Oh, um, great, great! That would be just great. Sure. Thank you. And, Marriott, um, I want to finish up with two final questions. Mm. It's going to take us away from everything we've been talking about, more of a personal thing for you. When you watch TV now and have watched it in the past, what are your favorite TV shows that you like to watch? Now? Now and, and in the past. Oh, well, oh, God, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, lover of, of English mysteries. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the the one I'm watching right now, which just has my husband and me hooked, we're absolutely hooked, is something called the the Waking Dead, which is actually a like a closed case kind of thing mm -hmm. with uh, Trevor Eve and Sue Johnson and a bunch of wonderful actors, and I I just like Foils War. I absolutely loved uh, yeah. Upstairs Downstairs. I loved. Um, um, you know, I also love the one that uh, just recently, uh, I think, has its third third show come, a third uh, season coming up. I of course can't remember the name of it. Um, but but as a as a 
what I used to like to watch. I, you know, I was never a television person. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. You know, movies, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big lover of TCM. Well, that's the next question. What's yeah. your favorite movies of all time? Okay, I just saw one again last night and sobbed all the way through it. Uh, Priscilla, A Queen of the Desert. Ah, yes. <laughs> I cannot begin to tell you where that touches me. Uh-huh. I, I can't, I just can't even. Uh, and I, uh, Guy Pierce is so frigging brilliant. Uh, is there anything that man cannot do? Uh, you know, uh, and all of the guys. Uh, Terrence Stamp, oh my God, was he fabulous mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. Um, we just saw a movie that I fell in love with called uh, Closely Watched Trains. Um favorite movies of uh, uh, The Red Shoes. Yep. One of my all-time... It was actually one of the first movies I ever saw. Um, um, oh, I wish I had known I was, you were going to ask me that. Uh, yeah, Everybody just, always has... Uh, you know, All of a sudden, their mind goes blank when I ask this yeah, question. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Forbidden Games is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, Up... Oh, the Disney? Yeah. The Pixar, rather? Yeah, I, yeah. I love cartoons. Oh, okay. um, One of my, my very first movie that I saw in Larchmont, New York, was my mother, was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Now, it was the original one, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scared the hell out of me. <laughs> and I was four years old. We didn't have television, so to see this witch 900 feet tall and, and 900 feet wide was one of the most terrifying things I had ever seen in my life. Yeah. It took me, <laughs> took me months to get over it. Um, but since then, I've always loved, uh, I've always loved cartoons. Uh, I, Mrs. Brisby of the Rats of Nim. And it's interesting because now my daughter is working with Don Bluth. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. He's now in Arizona. She's in Arizona. She's oh, he's not in Ireland anymore? Or was it? Was it Ireland or? Uh, I don't know, but he's working in Mesa, and wow. and he's directing, and he's directed her. He directed her in A Midsummer Night's Dream. In the in she played Helena, and I played Helena. Well, I was the first professional role I ever played was Helena, hmm. and with Bert Lahr. How do you like them apples? <laughs> and um, uh, so she, yeah, so she she's worked with him, and he has a theater right in his home. Wow. Yeah, and he invites all these kids in. Uh, for free to come in and and do musicals and whatever it is, and he directs them. And he's quite an astonishing man. Wow. Yeah, um, but I I love I love his work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'll have to I'll call you back if I can think of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to mention one more thing here about your Wild About Animals. Yeah. Uh, you've been hosting that for ten years now. At least ten. I think I think almost fifteen because. Wow. Um, and I love doing that show. I've gone from father to son. Um, uh, Robbie now uh, does it, and he's terrific. And I, I think there's somebody else who's doing it with me now. Um, yeah, I just love, of course, I love animals. I was going to say, I'm, are you an animal lover? <laughs> oh, my God, all my life. We've always had animals all my life, cats and dogs and, you know, hmm. um my daughter loves snakes and everything. It's just wonderful to be able to support these critters, as long as you still love people. I mean, the thing that I have a little bit of trouble with with only animal lovers is that they have a tendency to uh, 
not like people. True. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that ain't me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, um, Marriott, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, it's been a pleasure in hearing your stories and everything, and um, thank you for sharing with us. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. It was lovely. Thank you. Have a great evening. What a wonderful guest, Marriott Hartley. I want to thank her so much for taking the time to talk to us. And if you get a chance, check out her book, Breaking the Silence. Okay, now she wrote this a while ago, and she's uh, it's been re-released. And it's an important book, so check it out. It's about uh, uh, suicide prevention and also about her life, but uh, you know it's about the suicide prevention. So it's a, an important subject to check out. And we have a link right on our site where you can click on that and go see it. And uh, speaking of our website, if uh, you want to check it out, go to onscreenandbeyond.com and you can get all our past interviews that we've had. And it's loaded with uh, Golden Globe nominees and Oscar nominees and Emmy nominees and winners and Emmy winners and Oscar winners and directors and screenwriters and musicians and and Grammy winners and all sorts of stuff. Check it out. There's going to be somebody you like out there. Everything from the the guys from Porky's, uh, Bob Barker, Kevin Sorbo, Hercules, Taylor Law. George Kennedy, all sorts of them. Just check them all out, and I'm sure that you, and tell a friend, too, because I'm sure they'll find somebody that they like on there. If you are on Facebook, be sure to like us, and uh, there's also a link at the bottom of our page, onscreenandbeyond.com, where you can just click, and it'll take you right to it. If you have a suggestion for a guest here at On Screen and Beyond, email me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and I will see what I can do about getting that person on the show. And that's about a wrap for this week here at On Screen to Be On. Next week, we have another fascinating guest coming your way, so I hope you're going to join us. Until then, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) 